Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. We haven't even made it through the introduction. Right. Wrong with it. All right, folks. <laughs> You've made it to the China Shop's big, big September blowout bash month in review. We are joined today by myself, Shopkeeper Dan, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle, how are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing good. Well, I mean, as good as I can be. As good as you can be. I am in timeout, so (laughs) that should tell you something. Yeah, yeah. I saw it go down on the Discord server. I know all about it. Yeah. I hate it when that happens. We are also joined, none other than the creator of TradeProAcademy.com, George Big Papa Papazov. How are you doing today, George? <laughs> hey, Dan. Hey, Kyle. How are you guys doing? Happy to be on again. Glad to have you. Excited. Oh, glad to have you back. Of course, we knew you had to come back because you might be able to dish something out today. <gasps> oh, I've thought about it and uh, Did- I know what I'm going to do. Oh, oh no, because I had a <laughs> suggestion for you, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> and in a big, stupendous, amazing, outrageous moment, we are also joined by the options extraordinaire, Vic himself from Trade Pro Academy. How are you doing today, Vico? I'm doing great. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me back. Um, are we allowed to have more than two guests? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if they're great. <laughs> I've been on this. I've been on this podcast for the past like what twice in the past two weeks, maybe. Yeah, yeah. three weeks. Yep, yep, pretty much. <laughs> you haven't yeah. been off the podcast. It's no, I, I don't think I have. <laughs> yeah, I created a whole ton of clips of you saying random shit. We just pepper our podcast with it now. Nice. That's exactly perfect. nice and perfect. <laughs> just tag that on the end of any joke I make. All right. So uh, as Kyle alluded to. Uh, last month in review, we had George in the shop. We did make a bet. And for some reason, Kyle and I, I don't know if we were drinking or not. Uh, it's very possible. No, we were just extremely ca- cocky. I think yeah. uh, we just really wanted to humiliate George. We uh, tried to go with a random stock. <laughs> <laughs> it lost about $3.50. Oh, sure. uh, went from twenty four eighty nine to twenty one twenty five. That was SGAI. Woo! George went with a smart pick. <laughs> <laughs> he took the VIX, which uh, opened September at 1606 and closed at 2313. Wait, hold on. So I beat random? That kind of takes the satisfaction away a little bit. You beat us. We used random to pick our stuff. Okay, that feels better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no matter which way you slice it, George, I still feel like a loser. So you can bask in that. Yes. It feels so good. Really, we just couldn't pick anything. We had no idea what to pick. So since random was kicking our ass, we thought we'd just yeah, run with it. Yeah. That, that is accurate. That is very accurate. So as the uh, the winner of this bet, uh, it is up to you to bestow some consequences on us. I would like to say, though, uh, we are getting ready to uh, do our consequences for losing to the random for the month of September. Shit. So You guys are going to get what, it twice? Yeah. So what we're doing for this one is we're doing a hot one style challenge where we're going to no eat uh, progressively spicy <laughs> yeah. hot wings. 
But we thought as the winner of our monthly bet, maybe you'd like to come back and host it and ask us questions. Oh. Like give us charts to analyze as the wings get hotter yeah. and then greet yeah. us. <laughs> Make it like that a special means, event. Didn't Post Malone do something like that where he's having like super hot mm-hmm. hot sauces? And he, t- he took it like a champ. So I know you guys are going to thrive too. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I've been dreading this one. <laughs> Stupid Jeremy. I sweat when I eat mild curry. <laughs> I like hot stuff, but I don't like extreme. <laughs> Can I do my uh, consequences? Yeah. Okay. What did you have? Yeah. What did you have? Okay. Well, so because it's it's a double whammy. I don't I don't want to. You know, nobody likes to get shit on twice. Like that's just not fair. Oh no, it's okay. We don't mind. I'm gonna just add to it and say whatever hot sauce you guys find that's like the mm-hmm. extreme hottest, you got to find one even hotter than that. That's like <laughs> it'll be the G but, heat hot okay. sauce. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> so the hottest one's gonna be two million Scoville. That's a lot. Let's go. I like three million. Oh. Three million <laughs> Step it up, boys. Those are rookie numbers. Oh my god. Wait, so does it count? Like, if I take the hot sauce and like slowly boil it down to just make it a concentrate, does that up the Scoville units? That's pretty much what it's going to be at that point when you get that hot. Um, I don't even know you can measure it at that point. Um, Liquid pain. Oh, see, now god. this is going to cost well, me because I'm going to have to hire somebody on Craigslist to supervise this. Well, we were planning on recording this one. We're going to do a video stream of it, so that way people can see our reactions. I'm so excited. The sacrifices you guys make on behalf of markets and learning are vast <laughs> and admirable. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Well, this is actually a bucket list for Dan, so I guess two birds with one stone. Yeah, I, I can't handle peppers. I'm not a spicy guy, but for some reason, I've always wanted to know what it's like to experience two million Scoville or like the hottest pepper in the world uh, dude it's gonna be it's gonna be immense pain going in and even immenser pain going yeah. out that's what got me the most worried i'm most afraid of the next day the next day is gonna be like the worst day you ever experienced okay it will it will but uh, I, you guys aren't thinking okay. about the benefit Can I do story time Hold on, i gotta get this out is what i'll be saying after right. i eat the peppers uh no the real benefit is It's going to give me this threshold of pain to where like any food poisoning, any crazy food in the future, I can go, well, at least it wasn't the ghost pepper. (laughs) I guess. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But if it does kill you, Kyle, can I have Dan's uh, Carlson (laughs) spot? I'll be the one that lives. (laughs) Dan's from Baltimore. I'm at least from Texas. <laughs> yeah, I did Ancestry.com and it came back white. <laughs> yeah, I think it actually yeah. said white. Yeah, this one came back. <laughs> you're, you're, you're fucking white. Hey, Vicky. Vicky, you want to make an options market on this and do a bet on their side bet? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll market make it. Oh, what's Derivatives the bet? on our bets. Who, who's going to win this one? <laughs> I think the odds are better for Kyle. So I'll, I'll uh, take the underdog if you want, Vicky, but I need odds. For a Dan win here for the hot sauce steaks. For a Dan win? Oh man, I'll get back to you on the odds, but they're not very favorable. If you watch the uh, if you watch the hot ones, some of the guys that don't have the experience or don't eat a lot of hot stuff actually do really well. They do surprisingly. Yeah, because they don't know what they don't know. It's a perfect. I, it, yeah, and also there seems to be a hump. I'm I'm looking forward to the euphoria. <laughs> Basically, when you get high from eating you get high too much from hot. pain, like your brain's like, this is so much pain. Yeah. Have a bunch of dom- dopamine to deal with it. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly That's what it is. Yeah. All right. It's it's like the runner's high for, for peppers. For those just tuning in, <laughs> hot sauce this, is, this is, yeah, this is Two Bulls Does Hot Sauce, joined by Trade Pro. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we should probably get into the actual review for the month. 
Yes, yes, yes. I think I would like to start us off, though, with revisiting the shop rules. Okay. I think it's time to throw everything out and start fresh because uh, I want to change my priorities. Yeah. And I'm going to nominate uh, manage risk as number one. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that probably should have been the top one all along. Wait, what was it before that? I don't remember, but yeah, it wasn't profit. that. <laughs> what happened to our rules? That's how good our rules were, was that uh, we, we don't even remember them. I know there was like no bandwagon trading. There was a... Uh, Rule number one was double check your orders before you enter them. Ah, uh, yes. That used to be a big problem for us. <laughs> yeah. Um, what mm-hmm. else do we have? We had um, log your trades. I think that's still a good one. We can keep that rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like bandwagon trading doesn't count if you're doing futures. How do you bandwagon trade on futures? That's what I'm saying. Like the rules are relevant. <laughs> okay, you have enough. to jump on the bandwagon. It's called the momentum. All right. So rule number one should be manage risk. I think. I think everyone could agree with that. Seeing how George's number one, three, five, seven, ten rule, we're all manage risk. Also, <laughs> I think it's just a good idea. It, you know, it comes out of necessity, really, for me. And probably for well, and, other yeah, I think for everybody, I think, uh, I don't know. That's like the main overriding lesson is, uh, you're, you're not profitable because you're making good trades. You're profitable because you're protecting your capital. It's a consequence of managing risk. Yeah. yeah if right. I was always right, I, I wouldn't still be trading 20 years later. You know what I mean? I, I would be done, <laughs> be done with yeah, this. I'd have it, all the money in the world. <laughs> you put it all on one bet and then you'd be done. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Do something fun, for God's sake. Right. Eat hot sauce. <laughs> oh, fuck that. Go to Bulgaria for a month. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's rule number two, Dan? Uh, you're asking me like, like I know. Oh, see rule number one? See rule number one? <laughs> Remember rule one. Is that a jab at me for the, the tree <laughs> think or swim fiasco last week? No, no, no. That's uh, <laughs> that's at me, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember number one. Any other good rules that we should uh, should be keeping in mind? Uh, what's something that you've found, George and Vico? Um, always clean up after yourself. That's Is a good it? rule. That's probably further I think just down in the general. List. You mean like trading rules? As far as trading goes, yeah. Um, like, uh, do you have like a hard and fast limit uh, as far as like when you stop trading? Like, okay, I've tried three times. It's not working. I'm the day's over. Anything like that? Yeah, probably. Like, um. On it depends on the asset, right? Like, because I trade a lot of different assets. So, like for example, uh, I have a like three or three losses in a row, just like across the board. I'm probably going to be done two losses on the same asset, then just kind of look at another one, and go somewhere else. But yeah, like if it's just like three losses in a row to start the day, that's that's just going to disqualify the rest of my day, probably. <laughs> two losses on the same asset, then you're just done with that asset. Yeah, for a bit. I'm just going to let it do what it wants to do. Um, and I noticed like a lot of my loss would come in the first like 10 minutes of the day. So I just try to wait for the first 10 minutes of the day to kind of mm-hmm. be completed so I can see what, what's going on really. It's like if you trade off the open, like, you know, like it's the biggest single volume candle of the day, right? Like everyone just like putting positions in or taking them right, out, whatever right. it may be. So it's it's just like erratic movement to get in pretty much right off the open. Now, what about That's awesome. what about when you're on your winning? Like, is there a set target that you hit and you say, "Okay, I'm done for the day"? Too kind of. Um, it just like kind of depends on what the market gives me and like how tired I am at that point. Like, it, in terms of, like dollar amount, not really. I kind of go for like percentage amount of the account since it's mm-hmm. like mainly options. I'll do futures here and there, probably like one futures trade a day. 
But like if we're talking mainly options, I kind of look for around on average like five to seven percent of the account a day, um, and then scale from there. Mm-hmm. Damn, <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, just growing five seven percent a day, no big deal. Well, like keep in mind, like the account's not like a seven figure account, right? So it's it could be right, right, right. <laughs> it could be. You let it stay in the account. <laughs> At that rate, it will be in like 45 days, Vicky. (laughs) But that's also like the drawdown, right? Like I'd like to look for like less than 5% drawdown of the account a day. Um, So if I'm at like like three or four, Mm -hmm. then I have to wisely choose the next trade. Otherwise, I'm probably just going to close it down for the day. Gotcha. So you actually will withdraw money at the end of every day? Like draw down in the account, right? Like the loss aspect of it. The loss. So it's like if, like, let's say, let's say the account's like ten thousand okay. dollars. If you lose, like, let's say five hundred dollars for the day, then that's kind of where the limit is drawn. So you're like, okay, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna stop for the day. And five percent is probably a little aggressive for us. <laughs> yeah, we should probably be sticking with two at max. Yeah, like five percent is again a little aggressive, but I don't use that big of an account to day trade, so it's. Like if, like, let's say you had like a hundred thousand dollar account, like 5% on a daily basis, like after like four or five red days, you're, you're down like a quarter of the account, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, What about you, George? Well, for me, like lately that I have rules, let's start with the same kind of chronological order as Vicky there to keep it consistent. I I do have uh, absolutely rules for number of trades, but they'll scale with the volatility so on like a june sleepy summer day you know i still have to come out and swing and then play the game but i'm looking for two to three good trades mm-hmm. heck sometimes you don't even get three trades with with a market like we're having now in in october you know i'm i'm allowing myself a little bit more of of a cushion because the thing is if you only have two three trades and you miss one then you're like oh man then you start to get kind of like a lack mindset mm-hmm. And you could you get into the chase mentality. So I, I give myself like up to 10, um, you know, really good day trade opportunities because volatility is high, more trade setups naturally form throughout the mm-hmm. day. And really on, on, a, on a day like on, in a month like this where it's directional to the downside, the money's quick. Usually my, my sort of stop for the day is on the profitable side is if I start to get curious about my cash balance. <laughs> That's a little psychology <laughs> trick. If I'm like... Hey, you know what? I'm kind of smashing this market. Let me see how much I'm at. You know, that's, I'm starting to focus on the wrong thing here. That's awesome. Yeah, because then if you, uh, yeah, even if you're still up, if you throw in one losing trade, now all of a sudden it turns into a losing mentality. You feel like you lost that, even though you're still up on the day. Exactly. And, and sometimes I don't want to know that, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you, you know that when you lose one trade after winning five, you know you gave some profit back. How much exactly does it really matter? Does that trade? Does that really change the context of the next best trade? It no. doesn't, right? It's like you gave some back. All right, well, stay on the focus here of opportunity and try to get the next one. Not mm-hmm. sitting there wondering about how much you lost. Who cares? Like, just go and start slapping it. You subconsciously know a rough balance, you know. But when you start to need precision, and I say to get curious about, oh, how much exactly am I at? That's usually a cue. I got like one or two left right. max. It's not really a hard stop. And and for me, like a month, like what, what's been happening in the markets in October, you know, the challenge early on in October was and late September when things started really like dropping. It's that mentality. I've been doing this a long time and I still get that mentality like, all right, it's down like, you know, three quarters of a percent 
It can't keep going lower, right. can it? Mm. It's like, <laughs> right. it's that mentality of like, I just shorted this thing 10 freaking times and I'm 10 for 10, 100% win rate. The only regret I have is not shorting it bigger. And it's like, am I going to short it again, really? And, and yes, <laughs> no, like, yes, you should. <laughs> and that's the kind of the challenge I have with the transition into these down markets is that it always feels like you're a bit late mm. on the short because it moves so much faster downside. And so earlier on, when, when the market started dumping until I adjusted to that, okay, like I'm just selling rallies here. It's all I'm looking to do in that transition phase. I got butchered up a little bit, like, you know, still positive for the month, but uh, the start wasn't great. I made I more than made up for it, but like that was kind of the challenge early on with this transition to the downside for me. I think uh, actually that might make a really good rule too, is that kind of ties into something, Dan, I think you got posted on your monitor. Structure is with structure. Which structure is king. Oh, structure <laughs> is king. Structure. Yeah, for sure. Imagine the chair you're sitting on right now has three legs. <laughs> you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be sitting on it, right? So yeah, I love that rule. Well, actually, it'd be more awesome, stable, man. wouldn't it? It with three legs. Well, th not if it was a four-legged chair that was missing a leg. Oh, 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 oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm an immigrant. You know, my command of the English language sometimes is not ideal. <laughs> The idioms don't translate. Yeah. I can barely understand you with that thick right. accent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got one last rule that I want to propose, and that's stops only move up. Mm. And Ooh, that's that something move. that I've actually implemented myself, and I really like it, too. If I move a stop. Wait, just for the long side, yes, though, right? Yes, it only like... moves towards profitability, <laughs> I'd say. Stops okay, move perfect. towards profit. But what if you're really, really sure that it's going to do what you think it's going to do? Take the loss and try it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're that sure that the next one is going to be great, you wouldn't be in this one, right? That's true. <laughs> Towards profitability. Okay. So we got five good rules, I think. Uh, I think, yeah, I think, I think another good one that I, I start of something like great. to follow, sometimes not follow, is um, if you take, like, if your first trade's a loser just like chill for like five minutes and like really think about what you're gonna do next because like if the first one's a loser you're already down for the day and it just turns into like a revenge day yeah right i think uh yeah just taking a break walking out go for a quick little walk clear your head come back fresh that's a really good one i fall into that trap sometimes if my first trade's a loser i start to think like a loser you know and it's like it's just easy like you're not you're not looking for the trade you're looking for the revenge what's well, tough for you too george because you exactly. can't just get up and walk away when you got a bunch of people hanging on every word you're saying on the the morning calls like you're an entertainer <laughs> Vic, vic's got his calls too don't don't sell him short vicky runs the options room we kind of do the same thing and it's like you know it, it, it is a challenge there's definitely benefits to it but it's also it, it's different, right? I don't know too many sports where you're like, you get to play the game, but you're also in the stands right. watching as a fan. You know what I mean? It's it's a very weird dynamic, but I just kind of got used to it. It is tough. You know what? It's really tough when you're having like a really crappy day and you know that, hey, if I just grind, put my head down and go out there and start hitting the market, I can make it back for right. sure. And then you get a question and it, it throws you off a little bit. But at the same time, I think... The reason we're doing this still, Vicky and I, is there's definitely more benefits to that than than drawbacks in the grand scheme of things. Dan and I have started doing uh, just live chatting in our Discord, and I know what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like when you have a bad move, and then suddenly you know you're trying to figure out how you're going to recover from that, and then Dan's cracking jokes and trying to have fun, and I'm <laughs> I'm sitting there and I just want to see a little bit. I'm like give me a minute here. <laughs> I just I just pissed away 200 bucks. My bad. <laughs> give me a second. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let me fucking it's breathe. so true. Yeah, yeah. It happens in the Futures Room, too. You know, there's times where like, I'm long, and then Zalman's like, oh, I just got short. I hear that all the time. I was wondering <laughs> how you deal with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm eating a stop, and this guy's like, oh, I told you. told you that'd be a good level. And, and I'm like, yeah, well, thanks, Z. <laughs> there's times I get to do it to him, but I'm more humble about it. Z just, you know, just puts that onion in the wound. Well, he's got that New York uh, mentality. <laughs> yeah, that, it's actually mild for a New Yorker. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's start moving into uh, kind of some of the stuff that we learned from this month. Um, Dan, do you want to jump ahead? I mean, you're kind of you're in the middle of your option or your futures um, observation period. Uh, is there anything that you want to talk about? Anything you learned? Yes. Anything yes. That you... I have a few days left. Um, I actually, yeah, I've got mm-hmm. a, a question for Vico, actually. Um, so something I just started playing with this week was looking at, uh, equities charts on, on ranges for, for like the structure and the rotations. Is that something you ever do? Do you ever use like range charts for your options trading? Range charts as in like the futures range, like a, like a tick chart? Yeah. Uh, no, um, I don't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, like I don't. Like even even for futures, I actually switched from the range charts to more time based. Really? Yeah. Um. I I do like range charts, but I I find myself um into minute movements, and I kind of changed my trading style a little when I started trading options more, like with futures as well. Because like, if you'll notice in like the futures Discord, I talk about like three to four point stops usually. Mm-hmm. I did see that. So it. If I look at a tick chart, it kind of just muddles that unless it's like a larger tick chart for me. So I just rather use the time chart if I'm going to use a larger tick chart anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like the time charts more for stocks, especially. I think like tick charts are okay, but I I, I don't know. I just it mainly just depends on me, like what uh, like the the volume and like the the like order flow and the time and sales kind of do more so than what like a certain time or a certain tick is doing you know what i mean like i can get the levels from any chart but then like it it won't really tell me if it's if it's going to continue the movement through like regardless of what kind of chart it is well and then uh the the other thing that i i came across this week that uh I'm, i'm glad i get a chance to ask about is uh george do you ever use any longer range tick charts yeah like i'm i'm the kind of the opposite on vicky on this which is fine like we all Mm -hmm. this is the great thing about trading we all get to find what works with us or for us and you know refine our strategy and you know vicky's like taking a longer term approach to trading where you know you do need a three to four point stop you're not if you're holding for a couple hours you know like doing longer term day trades it'd be nuts to use like four or five six ticks but yeah for me like i I like the tick chart because I'm, i'm still more like purely day trader i don't day trade as much into stocks and options uh these days i'm mostly predominantly focused on futures right. cause at the time <laughs> like at the moment it's all i really got time for i barely even have time for that weird you know transition point in my life for the last year but um yeah like, i use a larger tick chart but i see the value of like using these type of charts for rotations to scale in like when you get a nice level um and when you look at a candle that's time-based it's usually dancing around that level right it's like you don't really know where it's going to be until the candle closes so at one point it could be above your level another point would be below the level another point back above so it's kind of like eh, you know it's 
That's to me like some of the noise that you mm-hmm. introduced with time charts and the ticks just show me clean rotations. And you know, this works mostly in futures markets. You know, I haven't day traded stocks with tick charts, but uh in futures markets, especially the ES, because it's such a rotational market with double sided flow almost at all times. That if you're going to scale in, I love the tick because it shows you a level that it's pinned against. It'll just rotate up, back down, rotate up, back down. And that's an accumulation phase for the next move. And I use that information to scale in. Like I've, these days, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm also holding a little bit longer with a lot of this volatility in the market, but I'm using these ticks to kind of build a position with each rotation for the continuation down. So that's why I use them. You know, I, I trade futures. My holding time is probably. You know, I don't know what Vicky's is, but probably like a fifth of his. And that minute, you know, precise detail helps me build a decent sized trade with the risk of a one lot, basically. Yeah, I usually like hold even futures for like probably, well, it kind of depends on how fast the move is, but like probably like at least 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, my average positions, like I check for this month, like three minutes. Uh, that's average, right, right? right? That's like the ones that I scratch within like two seconds. That kind of kills your average when you scratch a ten lot in two seconds. <laughs> uh, do you ever do you ever pull up like a forty tick chart? Um, the one that I really like using, Dan, and this is again predominantly for futures yeah. for the listener, just to understand, like you know, this is a future specific <laughs> you know value I'm going to give you. Don't just take it and start to like build your whole trading right. plan around it, but. <laughs> I, I like a I like a six tick because it's a point and a half rotation. That's kind of my you know four to six ticks is the smaller rotations. But I really like a twelve huh. and twenty four tick is usually as high up as they'll go. Now a guy like Zalman uses the sixty tick chart and he loves that for confirmation. He'll say, "Hey, like the sixty tick chart now closed. We got a reversal." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm long six <laughs> points ago." <You> know? <laughs> but. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Get on board. I need some buyers to take me higher. But uh, I, I like the 24 tick for levels. And, you know, that's one thing that one of our members in the futures room introduced was those volume yeah, profiles yeah, yeah. on each 24 tick bar. Vicky, you remember that, right? What Chris showed us. Hmm. Yeah, that to me, like to this day is foundational. I love that for levels because you see order flow on a larger term, but it's still rotational. It's kind of like the midway point between a time chart and then like a rotational chart. And for that, like intraday order flow levels, to me, like that's, that's my secret sauce. It's not that secret because I said it on a podcast, but I love that chart. That's interesting. How come that's not in the, uh, the lessons? I feel like you're holding out. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It should be the 20. <laughs> well, that's why it's well, that, That's the diamond edge, edge plus <laughs> one. Kyle, jeez. <laughs> Kyle, you didn't watch that video? Oh, man, you didn't even finish the course, did you? I haven't finished the course because he keeps throwing in three-week <laughs> challenges that I got to abide by. <laughs> <laughs> and shameless plug here, like, I think that's the benefit of, of mm-hmm. what we do at Trade Pro here is when, you know, the options market changes every day. All markets change every day. And so Victorio is constantly updating the options education, like, He's always putting out great videos and like putting in new like, you know, addendums, if you will. The Futures course is a year old, probably a year and a half, and, and it's old, right? We're redoing it. And so some of that mm-hmm. will be introduced um, in that stage. Like we're taking a different approach. It's going to be more application based. We're not going to delete the old one. You'll always have access to it. But the idea is let's make it more application focused. And, and the work is is going through. I'm on lesson six at the moment of, of the design of it. So 
Yeah, that part's going to be introduced. Um, you know, education these days needs to change super quick and get refreshed. If you're trading with a course that talks about, you know, the head and shoulders from the 90s, <laughs> you definitely got to update your skills and tools. So, yeah, that's something we'll definitely be introducing, um, Kyle, mm -hmm. in a more structured way with the 24 tick. We're going to do more of a top-down approach every single day. Like we do in the trading room, you know, you're there yep. um, a fair bit. So just go high level, find mm. the levels there, and then drill down a little bit more. And the second last chart we'll look at is a 24 tick at that point. So now both of you trade in a trade pro account, right? What do you mean? It, is it my correct? Like, like there's a, a, the company itself has an account that you both make trades in? Uh, no. no. <laughs> How do you keep score? How do you know who's better? <laughs> we really don't, do we, Vicky? We really don't like we Vicky and I use each other for uh well not like use we got a good relationship i I see victorio as as a friend first, and then you know somebody I'm lucky and happy to work with, so you know him and I just like more use each other as a support when when we're having kind of crappy days, like hey, man, what the hell's going on, and we'll just give each other a pep talk, but you know it's not really a competition i like I trade personally on the trade pro account um for you know, tax benefits for the corporation, et cetera. And, and then Victorio, he does manage an account for us, but it's a little more long-term focus that his day trading is kind of on his, on his uh, own. That's, that's the, one of the big benefits of being a trader or trade pros. Like, you know, you go in the room, you make money while you make money. <laughs> right. Yeah. Making, making your own money while you're teaching everyone else. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to fill out all the, we got to fill out all those um, newsletters and yeah. entertain everyone on the Discord. You got to go on these podcasts. Exactly. But I mean, there's drawbacks, right? You, who knows? Maybe Vicky could be crushing it even more. You got to tweet all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would think Vicky enjoys that stuff, though. I don't know. You, I think you have to enjoy that stuff to do it the way he does because he does quality. He puts out, you know, like, I don't know. Vicky, am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. I enjoy it. I like the, I like the research aspect mainly. Like, that's... That's probably my my favorite part. Like I I do that regardless. So how do you find new stocks to look at? Like how does something catch your eye? Are you like do you have certain screeners that you like to look at? Because that's something I always struggle with. Um, trying. I always want something new, but I like it when people bring it to me because then I don't have to search. That, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. Um, I I do like kind of like old school style, but I also like look at news. Um, that comes out like. There's a lot of, there's like news services out there that kind of cover stocks. Um, you kind of still have to dig around for that. There's just like um, a lot of people on Twitter actually just post like things that get upgraded or downgraded in the mornings. Um, what was that guy's name? Mm -hmm. Like Delta One or whatever his handle was. Uh, he He's mainly, he he's literally like news, except you don't have to like right. find a news service. Like he just, he just kind of copy paste like from other news services. So that's like a good follow, I'd say. And I kind of just like look at what, um, like I, I like to look at what's been like upgraded or downgraded pre-market, what has like specific mm. news, like Palantir, for example, um, got like a $800 billion deal with the army, or I forget the exact sum of money, but it's somewhere around there, uh, right after the market closed. And it's up like 15% after hours now. So like something like that, for example. Yeah, see, you gotta, you gotta follow him. <laughs> well, I was out fishing is what the problem was. <laughs> You're not following Delta One? <laughs> Shit, look at that. <laughs> Why, well, still supposed to observe, <laughs> Can I mention one thing here? 
Because I think if somebody's listening, it's like when you guys are talking about this, like how'd you find a stock? I, right. I think like people are on the impression that there's this like magical way that it just like pops on your desk. Like, I'm gonna buy this one, and like if you were to ask Victorio, and I, and I will ask him right now, Vicky, how how many hours a day would you say you research? Like, do you research more than you trade in terms of time? Yeah, I'd say so. Like, there's a like at a certain point, um, you kind of develop like a super big watch list, and you get better at like identifying what's like what could be a hype play based on like some of that news or like what the setup kind of looks like um but like at the beginning especially like you're gonna be looking at like different stocks yeah, right. for like hours like i've got a list of like two to 250 probably stocks that i don't go through every day but like once a week i'll go through them and see mm -hmm. what could be setting up throughout the week you know and like put that in front of me so like for example if i watch let's say 20 stocks throughout the week that are like high probability stocks that could have a move, then at least like a few of right. those is going to have a really good move. Right. But yeah, like finding, I think, I think just like at the beginning, like finding what, whatever's like hyped up based on like some kind of news is, is usually the way to go. Like, like yesterday, Facebook, for example, mm -hmm. Facebook got like absolutely destroyed. Right. And yeah, it, it was just like, yep. I don't know. Like personally, I thought it was just all over baked. Like it didn't like it was, it's, right oh my god they're out so, uh, something on the internet is down what that never happens <laughs> yeah and like <laughs> i know yeah and like people were posting all this like stuff like oh like the website's up for sale blah blah i'm like come on it's it's facebook like i don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> and jack from twitter said how much <laughs> like how much like how much could it like love it right. you know like in one day like the whole thing to be just dead like that just seemed like a little yeah. like ridiculous. We walked away. We we called it. We're done. Like this is it's overbaked. So like at the end of the day, like in our trading room on Discord, I said I'm getting long Facebook, Apple, and Twitter. Like ten minutes off the close. Like these are the calls that I'm gonna buy. Like there's like an eighty percent chance it's going up. There's a lot of order flow coming in on this. Like I don't think these mm -hmm. things are dead. Especially Twitter. That was like that one just made the most sense logically. And today we wake up and it's already up like forty percent. God, I love it when a swing trade is done in three hours. <laughs> like, I think the Facebook situation yesterday was kind of, it was overdone too, because like the rumor mill started to circulate really quickly. Like, I think we're in a really tough time, like with, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of division in society, right? Over, you know, over COVID, over the way certain things are being handled. And I think people took this outage and freaked out. They're like, you know, the conspiracy theory started flowing through like, oh, this is it. The internet's done. You know, there's been internet out outages and kill switches in other countries and they've admitted it. Like, we're just killing the internet. It's like, is this happening in the US? People panic. They start selling while they still got internet. Other people are saying like, you got a whistleblower testifying tomorrow. What a coincidence that Facebook is now down for six hours. It's yeah. like, everyone's yep. going freaking nuts and the real traders and like, you know, and here's Vicky 10 minutes before the close loading up on the calls. I, I think that was, you know, I, I would have done the same thing. And actually, in fact, I did consider it and I logged into IB and I was like, ah, even, even if you didn't think that way and you understood like what was going on in the order flow front, right? Like someone was buying like millions and millions of dollars of Tesla, uh, sorry, mm -hmm. not Tesla, Facebook yesterday into the close. It's like, maybe Zuckerberg, it doesn't matter. It's right. going to make the price go up, right? Like whoever, whoever wants to buy it, buy it. So yeah. it's like understanding that and seeing like expected price of Facebook into November and December, like what they're expecting it to be, right? That doesn't have to happen, but it's mm -hmm. going to happen for one day, right? Like tomorrow, 
or yesterday, I was thinking, well, today it's probably going to have a decent move to the upside based on all this. Right. Like it was, it was worth, it was worth a shot based on seeing like how many people were buying it, you know? And, um, isn't it funny how every year around September and October, like something just explodes <laughs> and just like kills the market? Like, who, like it, it, this seems a little too too coincidental. Last year, SoftBank got this huge margin, or no, was it a margin call? Oh, was that the one that took out the like Viacom and Discovery and all that? Um, yeah, it was yeah. SoftBank. Uh, Bill Bill Huang, yeah, yeah, he got a he was short in the queues and yeah. the thing just destroyed his portfolio. <laughs> that yeah. Wow. <laughs> thing rocking yeah, it. man. It was less. How, Wait, that how was, was it that every year, September and October, someone Holy does some, crap. some stupid shit and just destroys the market. You know how, like what are the, what are the odds of that? What are you blaming this year on then? <laughs> well, this year Evergrande starts the whole fiasco and then you've got this debt ceiling. You've got everything that's just piling together. Facebook yep. whistleblowers selling the website domain. Like what, what, how, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it seems like yeah. it. I think some of this is self fulfilling too, though, right? Because everybody just is on the bid all the way up until September, and suddenly September, everybody just gets a little bit nervous and anxious. That's been trading more than a year. That sees this happen every single year, almost without fail. And they're like, I don't want to really buy it right now. And then when people aren't buying and this trend isn't continuing, <laughs> that's when the margin calls start to come out, and these companies get exposed because they're like. Ah crap! I kind of need some more people to bid me up here. <laughs> so. Yeah, they're they're buying forty five hundred on the on the S and P, and it goes to forty five oh five. Is it? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's interesting though. Every time this year though, this is this is one I always do the long VIX play here. Not long Vicky, but VIX. Yeah. Well, they, like you said, the self fulfilling prophecy. It seems like a lot of things work because so many people use it. Yeah, it's like seasonality over the past 20 years is expecting September to be negative, right? What typically happens, September is negative. But there's an there's also another factor in this. Like, um, I was recently shown the typical uh, holding period for different indices, and obviously the stocks within them. And um, seasonally, uh, fund yeah. managers, you know how they, they cycle, they rebalance, right? I, I don't know where this is. Um, but while I find it, let me... Let's just make it up. Let me off the top of my head tell you guys so typically what we see is oh you want me to make it up <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, just, yeah that's a trade pro way let me just make everything up um yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything is 100 percent guaranteed no um that's not true so it's it's about like um like equities typically have like a holding period between around october to november is like the start that's a typical start, especially for tech. The typical start for tech is, is mm. I think, the end of this week. That's when the accumulation starts to happen. And, like, it, it's just, this is based on, like, statistics, obviously. It doesn't, there's no, like, um, what's it called? Uh, there's no, like, argument or, like, guarantee behind that. It's just statistics, right? Like, the majority of the time, this would happen, right? It's not, it's not 100%. But, anyways, um... Around the end of, uh, sorry, early October, October 8th, the NASDAQ, so like the big tech sector starts to get bought up. And like what happened last year around that time? That's one, if you watch like options order flow, because right. that does dictate what market makers use to hedge, right? You, they're buying Apple, Facebook, like the big fang names, and they're buying like smaller tech around them. But those are the main components of the NASDAQ, right? It's about like 35% of the whole NASDAQ. And at that point, like not that exact date, but around the second week of October is when that buying started to accumulate, hmm. right? And it continued into the end of the year. 
Now, the buying on the S&P 500, for example, uh-huh. it starts to accumulate closer to November, right? That's why tech starts to typically outperform in the fall uh-huh. and then the rest of the market in the winter. So the tech, uh, tech accumulation lasts until about May, and then the S&P accumulation kind of lasts from like November until I think May again. So that's when you start to see big funds actually start accumulating and rebalancing out of whatever they may have rebalanced into, right? For example, energy this time around and like commodities. And they start cycling out of that and start cycling into like the actual equity market. I was say, so that means that people are going to buy the dip here soon. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Thank God. I have an explanation. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Right, like right. it's like, um, I don't know when, and it's yeah. not going to be on everything, but it's going to be on the big names that you all know, right? It's going to be on your Facebooks, your Apples, your Microsofts to begin with. And then it's going to trickle into other things. Sorry, George, what were you about to say or ask? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I have a logical explanation for this. Now you guys are going to laugh. It's going to sound like a joke, but like, think about just human psychology. So you have a really good year. Right, and then you hit mm-hmm. the summer months, and you go on a nice big vacation with your family. Because then they traders, asset managers, they're all, they're all just humans. I've seen some of them on my trips. You know, like they party harder than, than most of us. So, <laughs> you know, they go in and have this big friggin' vacation, pay, go with their family, and then they come home and like I got to pay for this. And if you really actually look at it, this is how the September sell off kind of happens. September is a crappy month. You know, it's like you're uh-huh. you need some retail therapy, you know, summer's over, vacation isn't paid for yet. You got to sell some to start, you know, paying off some of these balances, prepping for cash flow for Christmas, that's coming up. And I think like this is explained by human sentiment. And I've actually thought about this for years, but like, there's got to be a simple explanation for this thing. And that's what I've kind of uh, come down to. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue against it. <laughs> is it statistical like Vicky's and, you know, non-arguable? No, everything I say is open for argument, but that's <laughs> by design. I have opened it if you want the actual numbers. <laughs> yeah, what are they? I'm actually curious. Typically, typically, what we see is like, so the S&P 500 starts to accumulate on October 28th, right? Obviously, they don't take October 28th as the final date to start buying the dip, but like around that time, like the end of October, let's call it, into the beginning of May, right? That's the typical holding period for the S&P. Russell, which is the small cap, is at the end of November until the beginning of March. And if you take a look at the Russell chart, it's been in limbo for quite some time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The NASDAQ is between October 9th. So the first to second week of October, they they do start accumulating uh, big tech. And then into the um, end of February and then start middle of April to middle of July again. So there's two main holding periods that they list here for tech companies. Emerging markets end of November until mid uh, uh, April and then volatility index end of or beginning of July until the end of this month, October. And then treasury bonds, right? It's going to be the time between equities. So the beginning of May until mid-October. So basically close your eyes and buy everything right now. (laughs) It's kind of what it sounds like. We're kind of stepping a little bit away from (laughs) from reviewing. (laughs) I'm going to try to bring us back a little bit to that because I do actually want to take a minute. I do want to take Surprise. a minute to kind of talk about some of the stuff that we learned this past month. You want to keep reviewing? And um, we, we kind of alluded to, to what I was going through this week. 
Uh, and I figure I might as well share since George was kind enough to share so much the last time he was on. Yeah. Also, his latest podcast was amazing, by the way. The, the talking about your your uh, experience with the gambling mm-hmm. addiction. Uh, that was fantastic. Yeah. I, that's a very important topic. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, I, I listened to it. It was very worthwhile, and I plan on listening again. In fact, anytime I catch myself with my gambler hat on, I'm going to pull that up and give it, a, give it a listen. To some extent. And it's not a snarky comment, Dan, but I did actually think of you dur- during that episode yeah. with our conversation from before. And, you know, it's a natural tendency. Yeah. I think Kyle's right. Like, there's got to be some level of, of you know, gambling. You could, you could cope with it. Some people have lower levels of it. Other people, higher levels. And, you know, we've af- since we dropped that podcast, a lot of people reached out and said, like, hey, man, thanks for talking about this. I'm like a recovering gambling addict and in the markets. And I still believe that I've overcome this, blah, blah. But it's a big issue for a lot of people. I, t- I told Dan that when you said that you made this for you made that episode thinking of him. I said, I must be better at hiding my gambling tendencies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have rules, so it doesn't sound like you gamble, but... <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> Not, uh, God damn, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, I want to talk about what I learned this week. Um, so I ended up having to put myself in timeout because I was trying to trade with too many distractions. And it's... It's funny like, how quickly you can take yourself out of the right spa- uh, headspace that you need to be in. If I'm uh, trying to figure out how to say this the best way, like I was not on top of my game. I had too many distractions around the house, but I was still trying to trade through it and it was not working. Um, so yeah, I decided to put myself in timeout for the rest of the week to try to protect my capital, give myself a chance to enjoy the company that we have here without having to worry about you know, the, the financial side of it. Um, but that's like, how do you deal with distractions? How do you guys deal with that? Like, do you guys have any of the similar issues? Do you have any ways that you cope while you're, <laughs> while you're trying to run a live trade room and do your trading? Right, yeah. How do you, how do you cope with all of the, those distractions? Um, I like I, I have, I think maybe I could speak on this briefly. I have many, I don't want to call it a distraction because it's let's just say mm-hmm. changes in my life that I'm still trying to work through. Like I've, I think I've mastered the balance of trading while talking about it. We've been doing it for a long time, both Vicky and I. So it's like with time, everything sort of seems to find its consistent phase. You know, it's it's normality. But one aspect of my life is like you know being a father and stuff. You know, man, it's been tough. It's been tough. Sometimes like I'm guilty. Sometimes I feel guilt when I work because it's like I should be hanging out with my son Isaiah. <laughs> when I hang out with him, sometimes I'm like, ah, damn it, I feel guilty yeah. for not doing like trading and putting out a hundred market research reports. So, you know, like, for the distractions and how I sort of deal with it is, is I've sort of started to block off time. Like this is trading time. This is, you know, working time, et cetera. But while I'm mm-hmm. trading, you know, I just, for me, like to remove the distractions, I just create a, a, an environment that doesn't support them at all. Like if you actually look at my trading desk, I'm surrounded literally in a box by monitors. So there's not really much space to put anything here on this desk. Uh, I have one little tip that I, that's helped me a lot is I used to be a chronic alt tabber, <laughs> and I'm not really kidding. Like I had a keyboard that is still in the office, an old one where the alt and tab were like very faint. They almost like wore off. So what what I've done is actually on Windows, I've created two separate. This is a game changer for me. I created two separate desktops. One of them is I call productivity, so I do everything outside of trading. And the other one's trading. So when I flip through 
with my desktop keys and I'm looking at the trading one. There's literally huh. nothing to distract me there. No messengers, no, you know, no WhatsApps, nothing. All I'm looking at is markets <laughs> and that's helped a lot because I'm easily distracted. <laughs> Ask Vicky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am like the hurricane in the office that prevents people from working. I'm like, hey, Vicky, what are you doing? What did you do this weekend? Just shaking his chair, throwing <laughs> things at him and he's just like not phased, which just makes me want to do it more. <laughs> I can see it. Yeah, Vicky right. seems like uh, the training robot to me, <laughs> the terminator of options. Oh, 100%. And then George standing next to him with his finger right in front of his nose. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. You can't read, Victorio. <laughs> he just walks in, whether it's options, equities, futures. He just walks in, makes some money, walks out. Yeah. No big deal. You don't know if yesterday, <laughs> when he shows up to work for every day for trading, you don't know if yesterday he lost his whole account or if you hooked up with Beyonce. Like, either one of the two. <laughs> right. <laughs> just walks in and you don't know. And then there's this understanding where you don't ask until the trading day is over. <laughs> so what's your secret, Vico? How do you yeah. keep your head in the game? I, I think, I, like, I have, like, internal distractions more so where it's just, like, like uh, thinking of, like, too many things at the same time, um, which kind of, like, deviates sometimes. But, like... Uh, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's like it's like more of like a like a job, so you kind of have to do it, and you can't get distracted. So I don't really, I've never, I don't know. I it's it's hard. I think it's just like personality wise. Like I don't really have like like a distractive personality. You don't struggle with it. No, not really. And I have to look at like like I I have to look at like a lot of things at the same time. So it's like perfect when trading. And that's kind of what keeps me not distracted because mm -hmm. like I I can just look at different stocks or like futures or something. Can I make an observation, Vicky, with your permission here? Yeah, what's up? I know they asked you, but like from my experience, you just keep yourself busy. Like yeah, Vicky doesn't have any free time at all. This guy just always banging out something different, and and I think that's also important, right? Like it's part of staying focused. Especially for distracted people, just staying busy, you know, having the discipline to treat it like a job. Mm -hmm. Like we're not in here trading with the illusion that we're getting lucky. Like, you know, we, we trust our system. We have a strategy and we just repeat things. When you make everything like repeatable, actionable, it, it becomes harder to be distracted. You know, it, mm. it requires focus. Yeah, I, actually, that kind of leads in a little bit towards routine, because I think you've heard you talk a lot about routine being key, having a good solid routine, not just waking up and then flipping the computer on and then trying to yeah. enter a trade in. Like, what are your guys' routines? Well, like, what, so, like, the main thing that I actually struggled with when I came back from vacation was, like, I wasn't in a routine anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's been, like, harder to get back into it because, like, I was gone for, like, a month. So I didn't really trade too much throughout that month. And, like, like without the routine, it's, it like, you get, you, you kind of forget how to trade, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I was just, like, doing things that, like, obviously weren't, what i normally do and like it was just like kind of hard so like without that routine it becomes like that much harder like so if you go away for a bit you're not trading for a bit yeah you might think that's great because like you're not you're giving yourself some time off but like at the same time you can't just like come in and start doing what you did before like expecting the same results right so like that routine is like super important like i, I like i wake up pretty early i just have like terrible sleep so like i guess that's another plus <laughs> or minus <laughs> depends on how you look at it <laughs> i just like i i never right. sleep like i don't sleep um so i look at the markets like pretty much throughout the night too insomnia i noticed you were tweeting about futures at like 11 o'clock the other night <laughs> is he trading futures right now <laughs> even if i'm not tweeting or talking about it like i'll like i wake up a lot throughout the night so like uh, i'll i'll be up at like 2 3 4 5 a.m 
mm-hmm. and just like kind of looking at the markets but like it, when i wake up i'm not really tired i kind of just like do my thing like go like the first thing i do is actually like open um like a chart like in the mornings and like see what happened overnight Mm-hmm. and then kind of just like grab like a tea or something or like something to drink like a water and just like even like some meditation in the morning some light just like centering my brain and then just straight into the charts to be honest like uh the more time i get in front of the charts before the market opens the better um for me hmm. i don't know about other people but like i kind of always mm-hmm. just want to know like what the potential move could be right it sounds like Trade Pro needs a health and wellness program. <laughs> <laughs> kind of does. It's kind of sc- what are we doing? Like, I got to tell you, he actually made me afraid to take a vacation. If I finally learn this thing, and then I'm going to forget it all as soon as I go and no, try no, to do it. Like dare think about enjoying yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't know how much drinking he did on vacation, for the record. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I think I need to smell it from there. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he wore out the <laughs> shot glass or something. It's just a clear shot glass. It's just now. a clear glass now. He does a lot of drinking when he's not on vacation. Yeah, I can exactly. only imagine. I, I missed out. Yeah. He's drinking right now. Anymore. I'm doing yeah. a I'm doing a quote unquote sober October. You know what that means? Oh yeah, I listened to Joe Rogan. <laughs> so people people told like because i had a few drinks like on the weekend and they're like that's not sober october and i said well did i get drunk no that's true you were so did i drink yes so technically like it's still sober october sober october oh yeah if you didn't get drunk i'd say that counts or just get drunk and lie to yourself that works too (laughs) at that point we've got bigger problems (laughs) i i gotta ask this for a friend uh what are some good strategies for trading while you're either drinking or smoking a bunch of weed um don't do it <laughs> damn it I, sorry uh, dan the, yeah. I, i've done it before like i've i've i haven't traded but like i've bought in a sizable position just like our buddy uh from the uk under the influence waking up to a lot of shares of something and uh it was a good purchase but like it wasn't the best of purchases <laughs> Hey, you know what though? It works for some people. I do know traders who actually do smoke weed like before they trade and, and they swear by it. Like one of our most successful members, Riker Savage, we did a podcast with him. He admits it, you know, that's part of his protocol and yeah. and how he stays focused. I think it just like depends on who you are, right? And going back to the routine questions, you know, I think everyone's different, but I think before you don't have yeah. a routine, I think you should try having one first because you're more likely somebody who needs a routine. Human beings are routine creatures, like we interviewed a guy on our podcast, um, Orderflow Leo from Orderflow Labs. That guy's, you know, an amazing trader. Mm-hmm. He's doing great work for the industry. And I asked him, like, hey, Leo, what's your routine? I'm just curious. He's like, what do you mean I hit the power button on the computer? And it, <laughs> <laughs> that's his morning routine. And you know what? It works for him. But, like, for me, I can't. I got to start out well before I trade. If I just sit down and trade, I'll do horrible. I need to be awake. And for me, I kind of have a hard time being fully awake. I have, like, a window in the morning where... You know, I have two to three hours of focus of being completely awake, and then I kind of drift off. Mm. Uh, I don't eat anything, no breakfast, mm-hmm. you know, nothing, just water in the morning, a little bit of coffee, not too much of it. And then just like stay hungry. I think my mentality is just stay hungry before you, you know, uh, you start trading. Psychologically, treat yourself into thinking you're getting your next meal. <laughs> yeah, man. All the great things around us that have been created have you know, been done for people who are hungry, like <laughs> both <laughs> metaphorically and, and, you know, quite literally. And literally agriculture, farming. I think like, I think yeah. like, uh, like physical health is like a good thing too. like, in terms of like trading, like 
like like he said i don't i don't eat anything for like a long time and like it's it's not like out of starvation it just like keeps it just like there's there's a lot of studies done about like intermittent fasting how they actually do help you think better um rather mm-hmm. than like being hungry and like being hangry yeah it might be shit for the first few days but like if you kind of acclimatize and make it a part of your routine it's just like clear thinking the way i see it because like or you have to eat like very light like certain foods because like there's a lot of foods that like make you tired or like make you groggy and kind of like affect right. the way you think so it's like if you don't have anything in your stomach like in the first like two three hours of the day it it does help you clear your mind a lot better with like water um or like some kind of tea i think that's like i, I mm-hmm. guess i could attribute that to to routine yeah, I do the same thing, Vicky. Like, I don't eat. I intermittent fast. Like, by by nature, I find it works best for my body. I've tried a lot of different things, and like, you just stay sharp, you stay focused, and um, you know, it's it. One other thing that I've incorporated is that exercise. Like, I've, mm-hmm. I've started. I've actually built a home gym for myself because I can't go to gyms anymore. Number one, and that, you know, through the pandemic, I couldn't. I gained a lot of weight. I had to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of built a home gym, and then have a personal trainer. So I'll actually wake up at like five thirty um two nights of the week Ugh, yeah two mornings that. of the week and i'm i'm at the gym at 6 a.m and every single morning kyle i make that exact same sound when i want to show up i literally my trainer's like hey man what's up i'm like Fuck you. And, then, and then by like i greet my wife every morning yeah by 7 surprised you still have one yeah but by 7 a.m when the workout's done and the blood's flowing i'm i'm like i don't i don't know what you know opioids are like but i feel like it's nature's crack i'm just like wired and i come home oh, and yeah everything makes sense i find the levels quicker you know i have the next best trades i do such good fast work that the rest of my routine only needs to be 30 minutes i go through the level now granted i've been a little absent from discord so it's not a good thing i should probably increase that time but within 30 minutes i get the levels get ready for the morning market update do everything bam 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 it's just like it makes everything so much easier when you start off with that like you know, intense activity, and then you just don't eat. You just smack mm. it. You're hungry. You're ready to go. Fired up. I think the one thing is like um, about like routine is like once you find a routine that like works for you well, and you notice like that you're actually improving trading. Like you'll never go back from that. Yeah. And you'll kind of always mm-hmm. like think of that routine as like kind of the cornerstone of you doing like well. So it becomes like you mm-hmm. know how some people have like like pregame like rituals like something like that right, it becomes right. like something something of that sort and like I think I think like trade reviews like an important aspect of it too the easiest way to find something that works for you is finding something that works based on like a specific system uh, I wouldn't say system but like a specific um, like volume pattern or like something something of the sort right like some kind of specific setup that comes up and like finding something like that so like if you review your trades and you notice oh, okay like i'm really good at breakouts right and then you find it deeper okay i'm really good at this breakout okay like i'm really good when this breakout happens with like this kind of volume i'm really good with the with like this volume this breakout and like this kind of order flow and then all of a sudden like you've developed this plan that becomes out of your that becomes a routine out of you reviewing your trades and like seeing what you're good and bad at and then that's the only trade that you take all of a sudden, right? Yeah. Love that. Yeah, for sure. I think the most important part is, like, like Vicky said, find something that works for you. Try things and don't be afraid to fail because if you know what doesn't work, you're actually closer to knowing what does. You know, I, just about everything in my life, I failed my way into success. I don't think I've ever picked up anything and was good at it until I had worked for it. You know what I mean? So routine's the same thing. I'm sure you guys will agree. If you're off your routine, you're, the first thing you're thinking about is, "Oh my God, how can I make up to 
to feel like I'm kind of I'm there again. Once you create a routine, you're like, if you're behind, how do I get on track ASAP, ASAP? But then there comes a point where you're like, ah, crap, I'm not going to be able to do everything in a morning routine. What should I skip? I think mm. that's when, when the day starts to turn to a disaster for your trading too. I Like there's direct correlation between how much of my routine I complete and how well I do trading. And for some reason, I still believe if I don't finish my routine that I, I could do this. This is going to be different this time. Yeah, and then... 11.30, ping Victorio. How, how'd you do today? Oh, man, I had a terrible... <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it. we're starting to run a little long. Should we wrap this thing up? Yeah, put a bow on it. Any, any closing thoughts uh, you guys like to share? Yeah, I got closing thoughts. I think that, you know, I, I want to thank you guys for having us on, obviously. And for Vicky also for putting his energy to Trade Pro and uh, mm. what we do. And, you know, I think the market needs... It's a hard job to, to be both a trader and to kind of try to teach and give back to other people. But I think that the better that we do in life, I think it becomes a responsibility to give back. You know, I think I know a lot of people are baffled. Like if you're doing decent trading, you know, why would you want to go in there and also teach a thing? But it's a responsibility to do it. So that's what we do at Trade Pro Academy. We got like an honest community and, um, you know, I love what we do. But in, in closing thoughts, I don't really have anything other than you know, thank you guys for having us back. You know, Vicky and I are honored and obviously let him speak for himself. But uh, we love doing this stuff. We love being on the podcast and uh, look forward to doing another review oh, yeah. next month with you guys or the one after. Yeah, thanks for having Perfect. us. Always a pleasure with you guys. Um, I feel like I've been on this podcast a lot now. I feel like I'm, I'm going to be a co-host soon. Um, almost. almost. Let's see four balls in the China shop. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, Vicky says buy everything tomorrow morning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I said. <laughs> no, seriously, the pleasure is our, all ours, gentlemen. It's so great. We're so glad uh, to have you on the show. We've learned both learned so much from you, and and believe you me, uh, you get our firm recommendation all the time. Nothing better. And we appreciate that, honestly. Really do greatly mm. appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Another exciting month-end review. Uh, keep, stay tuned for that uh, hot stuff interview. We're, we'll work out the details <laughs> for that. Uh, and then until next time, <laughs> happy trades. Bye. <laughs> guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for having us again. Ciao. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.